Hey there, and welcome to episode number 60 of Become a Guitarist Today with myself, Adam Roach. Now, in this episode, I am joined with Frank Gambali. Now, I actually interviewed Frank back in February this year for episode number 33. So, if you want to find out more about Frank and how he first started and a bit about his guitar playing, check out that episode. I'll put the, the link in the show notes so you can go straight to the episode and have a listen. So in this episode, we actually break down Frank's new album called Salve, which features himself on vocals and his wife, Bocca, as well. So Frank goes into detail about each song and what's involved in the, the songwriting process and also just his guitar playing in general as well. Now at the end of the interview, we actually get a little sneak preview of another project that Frank's up to as well, including the arts. So I really look forward to hearing all about that one and seeing that one as well. So look out for that. Now, for everyone in Melbourne, Frank's actually going to be playing at The Bird's Basement from November 14th to 18th. So I highly recommend get down there. So you can get the tickets online. Again, I'll put the, the link in the show notes so you can go straight to Frank's website. We can hear a little bit uh, parts of the album, which I'll be playing today as well. But you can also get tickets for his concert. So by clicking on the, the live tab on the website, so you can go straight down to the dates and then click the button to purchase the tickets. So there's a, a lot of shows that you can choose from once you go to the, the view tickets. So he's got one show on the 14th, he's got two on the 15th, two on the 16th, two on the 17th, and one on the 18th of November. So let's go over the things for you now with Frank Gambali. So the first song, Soul Mine, now, what I, the thing I noticed with this song, it just uh, had some really nice, tasty solos in it with different techniques, you know, with your, your fast runs, the melody, uh, the blues feel, and ending with that little harmony solo. It was one of the first ones I wrote for this record, and I was just trying to find a direction, you know, because we did one Soul Mine record about five years ago, and this is uh, the second one, and I wanted to really try to take it up a notch, um, and I think we did, and just to try to find our direction, you know, and I think that first tune has all the elements that I, I wanted to have, you know, uh, nice chord changes, uh, yeah. good solo space. Yeah. Uh, some harmonized guitars, why not? Uh, yeah. And a nice ambience to it. And so I think we achieved all that. Um, I've always loved guitar harmony. I think, you know, having two or three guitars uh, playing a, a melodic phrase is always uh, a great sound. In fact, the place I did it the most was an album called um, Coming to Your Senses, which is all that whole album had guitar harmonies on every track it was really fun to do yeah. should do another one like that sometime yeah do you record all the guitar parts yourself oh yeah i i did a lot of uh this one sort of in pieces there wasn't really it wasn't really a live performance this record uh i've done many records that way yeah but this one i wanted to get into detail and really hone each part and uh you know of course you can do that in rehearsal and then go in and record a a studio album but as being the the artist and producer i like to get behind 
the the mixing console and listen to what's going down for each track and each part yeah. with the drums and the bass parts and uh, and and be specific you know mm. no don't do that do this uh, could you do a little more of this here less fills less symbols whatever you know yeah. and so uh, that's why we sort of pieced it together I did all the majority of the keyboards I did myself because uh, I love playing keyboards and, and, you know, have for many, many years. Yeah. Um, and with, uh, thank God for sequencers, you know, you can, uh, you can get away with it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all pro tools. Uh, uh, and, but I played well enough to play most of the parts uh, almost live, you know. Yeah, oh, that's great. But, and the guitars were all recorded directly through my um, my multi amp FG, the DV Mark. Uh, so all the guitars are direct on this. I used to use uh, mostly speakers in recording, yeah. and I thought I'd try the PA output on this thing because I've never really um, recorded direct before, and I was really knocked out with all the tones I was getting. So I I went, this is fine. I don't need to even plug in a speaker for this record. Yeah. And uh, the tones are pretty good, right? Oh yeah, no, they sound great. That's what I was just going to say. Like the, the quality and the just the, all the tones and sounds are great. Sound really good. Yeah, very happy with it too. Yeah, and all direct. It's unbelievable. Uh, this multi amp FG has a has three outputs. It has mono, stereo, and then it has uh, the PA out, which is for you know yeah. direct output, and it sounds as real as could be yeah i mean the, i guess the good thing is too like the the sounds you got on the album you pretty much produce live straight through that effect unit as well right yeah well so it's preamp amp and effects so yeah. it's it's all in and it's an almond machine so uh, yeah uh so on, on my soul mine was the only one on the whole record where i used a strat uh for that uh, set yeah very cool Everything else was the uh, Carvin uh, guitar and the Kiesel that I made. Um, so we'll go to track number two now, Fear of Flying. Now, I must say your vocal on this is excellent. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, you're, yes, you're I, a really good I singer. Love sing yeah, you do it really well, too. Well, I'm, you know, I've always sung on my records. Not all of them, but many of my records uh, in the past. And so, actually, Boca my partner, a great musician and songwriter, yeah. uh, we collaborated on these rec these Soul Mine records. Uh, she was all set to sing that one. She was in the vocal booth. And she said, you know, I've heard you sing this when you sang it to me and, you you know, and I was writing the lyric from your vocal melody. Yeah. She said, you should sing this one. And I went, well, I don't know. You know, it's a bit high in places. And I, I went, you know, I really had you in mind when, like for most of the record, you know? Yeah. And she said, no, you should give it a try. And so I went, okay, I gave it a try. And actually it turned out to be really cool. It was, yeah. And um, we just shot two beautiful videos with an incredible director, Nigel Dick, who's very famous. He's done a lot of iconic music videos. Uh, he did Oops, I did it again for Britney Spears, which was one of her main ones. And yeah. Tears for Fears, uh, Everyone Wants to Rule the World. And, I mean, mega wow. videos. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, he's done hundreds of them for many, many major artists, uh, Sting and Sheryl Crow and Guns N' Roses. Hmm. So uh, I'm glad that he's a guitar player and a guitar fan. Yeah. So he was, he was very uh, uh, cool to do it for us too. So we shot two videos, and one of the tunes is Fear of Flying. And um, we did that about a week and a half ago, and I haven't seen it yet. But uh, <laughs> it, it, we had drones and everything. Um, it was we're gonna have. It's gonna be spectacular. Yeah. He's such a great cinematographer. So Fear of Flying was one of the tunes out of the ten. It was difficult to choose which ones to lead with. Uh, there was that. The other tune, which we'll get to, is called um, Through the Darkness. That was also. Uh, one with Boca singing. So we have one of each, and we're not sure still which one to lead with. Uh, it may well be Fear of Flying uh, to start with. So that video should come up pretty shortly, within a week or so. Oh, well, oh, excellent. So you'll see it out uh, on all my social media and YouTube and all that stuff. Yeah. So Fear of Flying, yes. Yeah, so I, I wrote that tune uh, after a really cool soul mine rehearsal. I was so upbeat. Uh, it was such a cool rehearsal. Every, everything sounded so great. And it was early on when we were first learning these tunes, uh, and we were sort of in mid-process recording this record. And I just got on the piano uh, after one of the rehearsals, and that ding, da, 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 came to me right away. And then I started fooling around and... Before long, I had that tune, so it was just built on the spirit of, you know, uh, my excitement over mm. the whole process of music and, and the love of music, and it has a real joyous feel to it. And even like the solos you're doing over the chorus too sound great. A little ad yeah, just, yeah, got got quite bluesy on that one. Yeah, I like it. It's great. <laughs> yeah, the middle part's kind of hairy though. It's got some hairy chords to play over. Little by little, I. Uh, I pieced that together. I think it was mostly a, a first take, except the last part. I had to really sort out the last part of that solo. But it's, I'm very, very, very happy with the way. In fact, the whole record, I'm happy with the way it sounds. And that one in particular was a really perfect mix. I'm really happy. You know, you don't always get 100%. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I always say that last two percent can really uh, bust a budget. You know, <laughs> trying to get it absolutely perfect. You know, but that one came as close to perfect as uh, as I've ever uh, achieved. You know, yeah. for my own personal satisfaction. You know, yeah, and yeah, like saying mm. with your vocals now, is there anything on the album that you can um, like you recorded that you've rehearsed live now and think, oh, that's a bit tricky to play and sing. That one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Uh, you know, when I recorded the guitar after I did the vocals, and I, I sort of stepped on the vocals in a few places, <laughs> and so that I can't really do live. I mean, yeah. some people, I guess, can play and sing at the same time, lead, yeah. but it's I find it very difficult. So I, I usually just sing in the spaces or play in the spaces, uh, and that's it, which is cool, too. Yeah. Checked out, which I reckon it's got a really great groove. The intro feels like it 
got like a different time signature. That's how it sounds, but it's not, isn't it? It's like it's on the four. Definitely four four. Yeah, but it just sounds gives it that type of feel, you know. I think hmm, it's really different. Hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's it goes over the bar line a little bit too. Yes, yes, yeah. you're right. at the time it's one of those it, it was a field thing mm. i wrote that tune with my fancy guitar uh tuning i don't know if you know about my uh, guitar did we talk about that in the last interview we did um, the uh my guitar tuning no i think tuning called gambali tuning anyway uh i have two of the strings in a different octave so it really creates different voicings on the guitar and that that tune was written with that with that tuning it enables you to play chords you can't play mm. on a standard guitar, and it gets close voices like a piano. So since I, you have a piano in the background, so you yeah. must play piano too. Yeah. <laughs> There's certain voicings you can play on the piano, the close voicings that are impossible on guitar, but not anymore. It took me about 40 years to, to uh, discover it, but uh, uh, I'll send you some info on it so you can check it out on a guitar at yeah. your uh, lecture. That'd be really good. And uh, it's really inspiring to me because it's so fresh. And the beautiful thing is, you know, I've explored all kinds of tunings before, you know, where you wind down a string or you have an open tuning. Yeah. But to me, that's like having to start over again yeah. because all the shapes change, right? That's and right. who's got, you know, 10 lifetimes to figure out a whole new range of, uh, of chord possibilities and we never really get that comfortable with altered tunings like we do with the standard tuning. We never get that comfortable. But if you tune the, some of the strings in different octaves, it's essentially the same note. Mm. So anybody can pick up this tuning and start strumming your, all your normal chords. Okay. D still sounds like a D and looks like a D. Mm. But it's a different voicing of D, but it's still D, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. So uh, you don't have to learn anything new, but there are a million new sounds on mm. it, a uh, million new voicings uh, that you couldn't play before. Oh, so it's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, Checked Out was the beefiest. I think it's one of the strongest uh, grooves on the record. Uh, we've been playing that one live ever since I wrote it way back when. Even uh, before the record was recorded, we were already playing that uh, tune. And it just works. It's a very powerful song. When when Boca first wrote the lyrics, I, I was a bit tweaked. I didn't really want to have any sort of drug connotation song. You know, it's about someone being drugged out and, and not in the relationship and and failing the relationship and uh you know i've had some stuff in my life not me personally but people around me that have had you know serious drug problems and trying to help them and all that stuff so i uh, when she came with the lyric i went uh, <laughs> you're right about something else you know <laughs> it just struck a personal note but yeah. uh you know she said that's it's a, an important thing that needs to be said so uh yeah so we went with it yeah but it's a Cool groove. And I think you've got a, a live uh, link on your, your channel for this song as well on YouTube. That's right. Yeah. That was recorded at Bird's Basement of all places, oh. which is uh, I will be in a, in a week or so yeah. from now. Yeah, I definitely have to come along to that one. Yeah. 
Yes, please do. Mm. Hey, my so checked out. I don't know why I'm still around. All right, so track number four is Love is Always the Answer, uh, which is sort of got a bit of a Santana type feel. Really? Oh, I don't hear Santana in that. No, just a little bit. um, I guess... I guess so. I never <laughs> thought of it, but it's uh, it's interesting to note that you've had that reaction. Uh, that's sort of the uh, uh, the epic tune of the record, I think, because it's probably the longest tune. And actually, believe it or not, that chord progression in the chorus was inspired. My parents are Italian. This is a little inside story to this song. Yeah. My dad was a laborer. He worked really hard with his hands, a contractor, and built houses. And he played really a pretty decent accordion, right? Mm. You know, as most Italians do. And um, he used to play this. Well, the traditional uh, Napolitan or music from Naples is called a tarantella. Yeah. And it's a dance, it's a 6 8 dance field. And uh, he used to play this chord progression. Went from, uh, I'll play the chord just the, yes. so you get the idea. Yes. It's, if you have a B Lydian, you have these two triads. But with the bass alternating. was a great sound and he was playing that not realizing how hip it was <laughs> it was just a little dance piece there is a so i took that and you know it's subtle and it's not really in the context of a dance tarantella but yeah. uh, i took that little I've always wanted to use that move somewhere in a song. So it finally came out in this one. Uh, thanks, Daddy, wherever you are, up in heaven. Well, it's great that you can um, incorporate that into that song. Yeah, <laughs> and the bridge part of that song was a struggle for me. That middle part where it has the double guitar melody, I struggled. I really wanted a, to stretch out and find a chord progression I've never done. And I must have written 10 bridges, and I kept rejecting them. I said, it's not good enough, it's not good enough, it's not good enough. You know, we have our own personal levels that we're trying to uh, attain all the time. And finally I got what I wanted, uh, and I really had to stretch on the piano to really try to think of some harmony that was fresh and different for me. So that bridge really has probably the what I consider the coolest progression on the whole album yeah. is that bridge. I really had to work hard to get it. And you've got those little trills as well, the little trill harmonies. Oh yeah, I call them cheap trills. <laughs> <laughs> Shine up from the darkness, hold on to the light inside. 
at the end, I think, is probably one of my best ever recorded solos for feel and um, and and just content and interesting uh, harmonic and intervallic content. It was a really inspired solo. I really uh, am very very pleased with the solo on the end of that. Yeah, well, it's funny. I actually wrote down here five minutes thirty the solo. That's the part I was going to play on the for this track. So <laughs> spot on. <laughs> And I wouldn't blame you either. <laughs> That's a pretty special moment on the record. Yeah. To track number five, Slipstream Cowboys. Oh, Slipstream Cowboys. Yeah. Do you know this song I wrote when I was about probably 16? Not really. And still living in Australia when I was working on four track cassette machines. And I have the original demo and I play it for my friends. I go, okay, you've heard the latest version of it. But you won't believe I wrote this song when I was in, and so I play the I would play my earliest demo, and yeah. you know those machines back in the day. There's more noise than signal, <laughs> yeah. and hiss, you know. But you can hear all the parts, and I somehow managed to even have I found my notes where I wrote the song down. Mm. Uh, all the harmony, vocal harmonies, everything was there. And I didn't change anything. All I did was recreate it. And I thought, this is, you know, when I found it, I still go back through my earliest demos from yeah. back at, when I was a kid. And I sometimes find some of these gems, you know, and I went, this is a cool song. I should re- yeah. recreate it now with the modern technology and, and, and play it. And it turned into that. And it's an absolutely part for part, except for the solos and all that stuff. Entirely the same as the original demo from yeah. back in the day. Oh, wow, that's really good. Yeah, very cool. And I found with the, uh, the, the solos in this part, like towards the end, it's got that little chord change. And yes. the, but, the, but the solos you're doing actually takes me back to your your course, I guess, at Target Tones. It's like you can really hear you, you are targeting your tones in this one. <laughs> well, I, I wanted that to be a quirk, one of those quirky solos where it's kind of weird and the, the chords are moving chromatically and I wanted to make the chromatic movements as mm. I was playing. And I just loved the way it fr- the phrasing and the uh, note choice on that solo is pretty quirky and, and unusual. Yeah. When Boca first heard it, she said, no, <laughs> it's too weird, <laughs> you know, but now she loves it. You know, until you get familiar with something, some, some things can seem weird. Yeah. I loved it right away. I went, that's it, I got it, I got what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it took a while for her to, to catch on to it too. Yeah, that's great song. Yeah. Little tune, reggae, yeah. kind of a reggae. I played bass on that one too, which oh, was okay. fun. I had a couple of other bass players try to 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 get that feel, but 
you know, it's hard to get a bass player these days to use a pick mm. and, and a muted pick. And that's the sound of the bass on that, on that recording. So I ended up just staying with my original bass track, okay. which is quite a quirky bass track too. Track number six, Through the Darkness, is what you were talking about before. Yes, well, that's the second video. Uh, that, you know, that's a very powerful lyric. Um, it was one of these tunes that I was... We, we recorded 16 songs, and mm. 10 of them made it to the record. We'll probably still use those other six. I'll work on yeah. But this particular one, I had it, and I had the chord progression and melody, but I just wasn't happy with how it was sounding on the recording. The, you know, the drums and everything, all the parts were there except for a couple of the parts, which for me, when I, because Boca loved the song so much, she said, you have to make this work. You have to make it work. And, you know, sometimes I go, what the hell? I don't know what else to do to make this move me because yeah. I just don't know what else to do and sometimes you really have to stretch to to try things um, to help lift the recording and so I, I have some pretty cool keyboards here there's this orange thing called the Studio Logic it's a great analog keyboard and I went okay I'm going to give it one last shot because I was trying really hard to get this record uh, this song to where I liked it too and I, you know, that weird, 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 is this really weird keyboard in the beginning of it, and it comes in at the solo section too. I just happened to be fooling around, and I came up with that part. And all of a sudden, it it was it was cool. The yeah. whole song just became cool all of a sudden. And um, I also added my you know the Frank and Bali choir at the beginning and at the end. That also just gave this grandiose introduction. Yeah. It's probably the biggest production after all of all the tunes on the record because I really had to keep adding stuff till I till I got it to where I wanted it and to where I was pleased with it. So adding the choir and that really quirky keyboard sound really just did it for me, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, I struggled a little bit with a cool guitar solo on that. Um, I had to really work hard to get a, a dramatic solo in a short space of time, you know. Mm. And I think I got it. Yeah. <laughs> it was really hard to recreate it in the video. I had to learn it again. It was, uh, yeah, it was, you know, yeah. the video is uh, it's pretty brutal sometimes, you know. You can't really fake it. you got to play it again. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah so, so I had to learn that over again. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I wrote down here also that, um, that Bucker's uh, vocals on this one sounds really nice. A really, really beautiful sound to her voice. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, uh, she uh, has had two really significant people uh, die in her family over the course of the making of this record. Her mm. father, the record is dedicated to her father, and she lost her niece 
21 years old just months ago um, to a drug overdose. And so this song had so much significance about helping, you know, through the darkness, people, people uh, get stuck in the darkness and can't get out of it, you know, yeah. and whether it's a drug thing or any kind of addiction, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it had very special significance. So when she sang it, I mean, she brought herself to tears, you know. Mm. <laughs> it, it was a very powerful song. Yeah, and uh, that's why we chose to make a video of it too. And it's, yeah. it's beautiful and much. And we worked it. We finally got it to where it needed to be. And, uh, yeah. and then I was excited on the record. Yeah, now it's a beautiful, beautiful song. So yeah, it takes us to track number seven, The Day Everything Changed. Right. Um, that one I wrote on the piano, and I had it for quite a while, and I it just had to find a home for this song. Uh, when Boca wrote the lyric, I loved her lyric for this. And, um, yeah, we just pieced it together. It, for some reason, it reminds me of a Bruce Thornsbury song. I can't remember which tune it was. But it had some elements of kind of Bruce Hornsby or even even like touching on eagles a little bit, you know. Yeah. I have a, a rich country background too because I, I when I was a kid and the bands I was in in Australia, we played a lot of country, we played a lot of eagles and uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash and that kind of stuff. And I've always loved that kind of music. And uh, so it's sort of in that in that domain a little bit, if I may be so bold as to compare. But uh, a very cool, cool song, cool chord progression, powerful chorus, very uplifting chorus. And I love the the, the, the tag part. It's a very sweet, beautiful uh, progression. And, and, it you know, it's very uplifting. Day everything changed. Yeah, track number eight, yeah. Within My Dreams. There's another vocal by yourself. Yeah, this is another one I wrote with my fancy tuning, and that's what the guitars, uh, I did the two guitars hard panned. I love the sound of two guitars playing the same part hard panned. Mm. It just gives this beautiful chorus effect and uh, a natural chorus effect. That's a very beautiful song that I never thought I would put on a record. It was just one of the these songs I had, and I played it for a friend. Who was it? He's he's a well-known guitar player. Franny Tipton. I just sang it for him. He was so moved by it, and I thought, well, well, maybe my fans could tolerate a song like this, you know? Yeah. And it turned out to be one of the most beautiful songs on the record. It's kind of a ballad, and I wrote the major part of the lyric, too. It, it was just this... I was in a mood where it, it was just, I was so fed up with all the wars and politics and, you know, uh, climate change and blah, this horrible, like the whole world is coming down on us. Yeah. Uh, 
I wanted to write something like an, a utopian dream, which is where everything's beautiful and, and there's children's laughter and, and just beauty all around, you know. And that's where that's one sprung from. And uh, I'm really glad it ended up on the record, actually. It's a nice... I love how when it gets to that part of the record, there's two acoustic songs, we'll talk yeah. about the next one, yeah. uh, that just give it, uh, a, the album a little um, breath for all the, the power, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you within my dreams That special place where all is Yeah, so the next track, uh, number nine, is Let's Just Talk About It. And it's another song, Great Harmonies as well. Yeah, well, when Boca wrote this song, she wrote it as a love song for me. It's a song about mature love. You know, it's not the uh, the infatuation of a 15-year-old, uh, you know, <laughs> or a 13-year-old kid. Yeah. It's when you've been in a relationship for a long time and you've been through a lot together and it's very mature and it's uh, at this place where you can't ever imagine living without that person and you've been with them through so much and you've had children together and yeah and it's it's a beautiful beautiful love song we perform both those tunes in concert too in the you know to give the the listening listeners and uh, a break and just have the acoustic instruments play for a couple of tunes and they, those two go down so well in concert. It never ceases to amaze me when it's something that it's the the tunes I thought least likely to have an impact yeah. uh, on an audience, but they always do. <laughs> and people just always come after the show. Man, I love let's talk about let's just talk about it. Yeah. Or you know, within my dreams, they just go, "Okay, great. Yeah. I'm happy to play those tunes. I'm happy that they're on the record." Yeah. You're my dream come true. I'll go with you. Be on myself. Oh, your heaven sent. And now the last track, number 10, Dream Love. Dream Love. Oh, yeah. You know, I love these tunes that uh, that just get you in a zone. Like uh, you get into a space where it's just you're grooving really, really hard to a deep, slow groove. And it's really hard to write those. I wrote this tune on the piano also. And... Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a virtuoso on the piano uh, by any suggestion. So I, I when I was writing this, one of the challenges was for me to write a whole song in one key because <laughs> I tend to go off all over the map. And you know, I've had some friends. Uh, I played the album for a friend in New York who's a really terrific keyboard player, and he loved the record. He went, "Wow, man, you wrote a, a tune in one key." He was the first guy to mention it. I thought. Oh, yeah, I forgot that's in one key. Mm -hmm. He says, oh, that's, you know, he knows how hard it is to do. It's like, you know, a lot of pop music you hear these days, they, you know, yeah. if they get out of one key, it's a miracle. Yeah. 
So that stuff usually drives me crazy because it's all sounding the same. Yeah. Occasionally, you'll get someone who writes a really clever melody in one key and a really clever, cleverly constructed song that you wouldn't really think that it's in one key. Mm. And that's what I tried to achieve that one. But I, I just love the deep groove of that tune, the zone that you you get into the headspace you get into yeah. listening to it and it's funny because we almost signed with the label and the label boss hated that tune oh really and everyone we played it for said it was their favorite tune on the album yeah. almost universally so we go <laughs> what the hell you know we ended up not signing with that label because they didn't yeah. like that song oh really <laughs> <laughs> screw it <laughs> I just threw it out myself because yeah. it's a great group song and it's got this beautiful just re repetition and um, yeah. a great zone, beautiful, beautiful tune. It is. And Very it, happy with that one. Yeah, and it's just a really good way mm -hmm. to finish the album as well, I think, just you know, with that, like you're saying, that groove. Yeah, you sail off. Yeah. It's just right. set with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one to leave them with. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> no, great. So just quickly, so you come down to Melbourne in, like you said, on the November 14th to 18th at Bird's Basement. So I guess Can't people, wait. Yeah, so people can just keep... They're playing in Australia. Yeah, that would be great. I'll definitely be there. Yeah, so people just can oh, take... thanks for the interview, man. No, no problem. I mean, the other thing I was just going to say, but I think we're running out of time, about your art. Well, I can touch on it briefly. You know, uh, uh, there's a company in LA that has done this already with many drummers, but I'm only the second guitar player in the whole world to have had the opportunity to make this art project and they gave they created a glove there's pictures on my uh, website uh, where the tips of the fingers it was very crudely done uh, had copper wire and then they had wired crudely some uh, some LEDs on each of my fingers mm. and then they put alligator clips on my bridge and so whenever I touched the string it would light that color of the LED, they had four colors. And then they would they had high res cameras and video and would shut the lights and have me play and create these incredible abstract images from light. And then they turned these into actual canvases. I don't know what the process is, mm. but, um, and then they create these uh, gallery pieces and additions, uh, based on what I played. It's really uh, yeah. uh, quite remarkable, the whole thing. I haven't seen the actual pieces yet. They're being uh, released at the end of November, um, so I can't wait to see the yeah. actual pieces. I'm sure I want a bunch of them myself. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it's it's an incredible process, and it, they have a website up called frankambaliart.com, yep. okay. uh, and they're, um, they're promoting the, the thing. Excellent. Very cool. Yeah, look forward to seeing it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, fantastic talking to you, mate. I'll see you hopefully in Australia shortly. Definitely, for sure. Thanks, Frank. My pleasure. Right. Thank you. See you then. Have Bye -bye. a good day, mate. Bye. So I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Frank and learned all about his new album. So make sure you go to the show notes and you'll be able to go to Frank's webpage 
And that, there you can download the album or through iTunes or wherever you want to go. And look out for the two new film clips coming out real soon. And again, I'd like to thank my sponsors, Custom Guitar Picks and Living Music in Greensboro. So thank you guys for all your support. Now, I was going to have Martha from Musician on this podcast, but I um, really want to get this one out with Frank before he comes to Australia. So Martha will be on next week. So until next week, keep jamming. <laughs>